Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. I'm Megan. I'm an addict and compulsive eater and very nervous tonight. Um, This is my second time speaking, so I'm just going to go for it. Um, I, okay, what it was like. I have addiction and mental illness and suicide, um, obesity, uh, kind of throughout both sides of my family, my parents, my aunts and uncles, siblings. Um, My dad is an alcoholic and a drug addict, and my mom will use pretty much anything she can to numb out. So whether that's food or shopping or wine. So I was pretty much raised, I was never taught how to regulate emotion um, or how to develop a healthy sense of self-worth. And I think that's the root of a lot of my issues around food and other addiction. Um, there's also a lot of trauma that comes along with growing up with addicted parents and sick parents, but, um, really like as long as I can remember, I've had really intense social anxiety and just these really deep feelings of not being good enough. Um, and just that there was something wrong with me. And so I started using started getting high and drinking in about seventh grade and really quickly that progressed um, to the point when by the time I was 15, I was shooting up heroin. Um, I was also, I used to self-harm and cut too. So I also, it was kind of whatever I needed to do to just not feel anything. Um, And And so I kind of went through my teenage years. It was just chaotic, a lot of addiction. Um, Food wasn't really an issue, except for I remember when when I was on drugs, I would lose a lot of weight. And I remember vividly weighing myself and being in the 80s. And I loved that. And then whenever I'd get sober, I would gain weight. Because like anytime you go to rehab, the first thing they do is they, they just try and give you food and they try and feed you. Um, so I would always gain weight as soon as I got sober. So I kind of went back and forth through my teens. Um, and then one of, the, one of the other things I learned throughout the years was when I first started using my life, just became chaos. Um, but I quickly learned how to get by doing enough managing my addiction so that I could get away with it. And so people left me alone. Um, and I think, I think that led me to food because it was a way to get high without such severe consequences. Um, so when I was 20, 
two things happened that really changed the trajectory. I was attacked, violently attacked and raped. And I also started dating this guy who was like a normie. He wasn't an addict. Um, and after that point, I pretty much, I think largely those two things had a lot to do with it, but I stopped using drugs. And that's when food really started to become an issue for me. And that's when I remember first starting to binge, um, just going to the store, buying everything I could, and I was never going to be enough. And specifically, like going back, locking myself in my apartment by myself, and just eating and watching TV, those things usually went together. Um, and it was interesting, I just kind of realized this connection actually the last time I spoke, but getting high and drinking was always something I did with other people. It was always social, um, but food was something that I always did alone. Like I did not want anyone to see me eat and it was a way to retreat inside of myself. Um, so yeah, I just started binging on food and alcohol um and i was miserable and so i remember in my mid-20s i started going to therapy and i knew even at that point even though i was still drinking a lot like food was my primary addiction like if you put heroin jack daniels and donuts on the table donuts are what i was going to go for um and my therapist suggested going to OA, and I did. And I spent a couple of years in OA, and I, I never really had abstinence. I worked the steps with a sponsor. I had service commitments, but I never had long periods of sobriety from drinking, which I think made it really hard to be abstinent. But also, even then, like the program just didn't it didn't sit right with me. Like I wasn't really down with the God stuff. There were like a lot of things that I didn't really know how to say or why they didn't sit right with me, but they didn't. And I didn't really have the confidence to verbalize that. So I ended up um, leaving after a couple of years and just going through the rest of my 20s pretty miserable, doing enough to move forward my life. I got a graduate degree. I got a job. Um, I, you know, ran a marathon, but I, at the same time, just all of that to say on the outside, I looked okay. Um, and it wasn't that my life fell apart, but I knew that I wasn't living a life in alignment with my values. And I knew that I wasn't showing up in a way that I wanted to show up. And that was enough to slowly be killing me and to make me miserable. Um, just as miserable as I had been when I didn't have any of those things, when I was a drug addict on the streets, the misery was, was the same. Um, and so when I was 30, I finally got sober. And I did that the only way I knew how, which was going to AA. Um, and I didn't stay very long because again, like it just, there were a lot of things that I couldn't swallow. But when I left, um, I started studying addiction. Um, and when I got sober from alcohol, I was like, well, I'm just gonna do one thing at a time. 
So I didn't really address my food stuff. So my food stuff just continued to be out of control. I would just, I would frequently go on these binges, which also included isolating. Um, and a lot, my life improved a lot, but I always, I always felt like a fraud saying that I was in recovery because I knew I was still getting high with food. Um, but I started reading a lot about addiction. I started reading a lot about eating disorders, um, trauma. And, and so I knew enough to make some improvements in my life. Um, I did things like I started meditating. I started journaling every day. Um, and my life did get measurably better, but I was still missing something and I was still really angry. I had a lot of rage. I still had a lot of issues around food. I could never get long-term abstinence. Um, and I didn't really ever gain weight because restriction was part of my story too. I would binge and then I would exercise like crazy just so I could look to the world like I was okay. Um, but I, I also knew that I had seen people in OA that had what I wanted. And I didn't quite understand how they got it because the program still didn't make sense to me. And I was like, I don't, you know, I don't think God's making them abstinent or I don't think this program is, but I knew I had seen what I wanted in the rooms. Um, and when I started doing that study, I started to understand a little bit more about why 12-step works. Um, and some people use the word God to describe why 12-step works. Um, but what I've discovered is it's really about community. It's about rewiring our neural pathways and our habits. So when I have a craving, instead of immediately acting on that craving, I pick up the phone and call someone or I go to a meeting and then I get that reward of connection and fellowship. Um, so I started to understand like, oh, there are reasons why the program works. Um, and I had a vocabulary. So I ended up coming back to OA about a year ago. Um, and this time, I was able to say like, okay, I'm going to work the steps, but I don't have to say that, um, that I'm going to pray for abstinence. And I don't have to believe that in order for this program to work for me because I have the words to say, and I found the free thinkers. So a space to say like, this is what works for me. Um, so I came back to OA about a year ago and, um, I didn't, it took me a while to get abstinent and my abstinence is not, um, I'm not one person to like, okay, I never had sugar again. Like after day one, like I still, I have struggles with food. I've probably only binged on like legit binge foods probably twice, um, in the past year. So there's been tremendous progress, but, um, I've definitely overeaten on, abstinent food. I've definitely engaged in compulsive behaviors around food. Um, but overall, my food has gotten so much cleaner and I am in such a better place. And I think, I think the reasons for that are 
the connection, the relationship with people, working with a sponsor who I commit my food to every day um, and who I talk to every week and we work on the steps together and I have other fellows who I talk to on the phone. Um, I meditate first thing every morning and then I journal or do step work. And I did that before coming into program. Um, but I get reminded to do that through, through people and through meetings. Um, but I think the biggest thing is I see recovery and it gives me hope. Um, so one thing I was thinking I could do is just kind of go through the steps and talk about how I interpret them. Um, so the first step is really just coming to terms with my relationship with food and that I am out of control when it comes to eating. And once I start, I can't stop. Um, and a lot of times once the cravings get started, I feel like I can't stop. Step two is, is coming to believe that recovery is possible. Um, and that I really got from seeing it in fellows and seeing other people who've recovered. Uh, step three, made a decision to turn my life and will over to a higher power. For me, that's just making the decision that I'm going to do something different. I'm going to listen to what, I'm going to listen to suggestions. I'm going to try other things and I'm going to be willing to, to do whatever it takes to recover. Because if I don't recover, nothing else is possible. I mean, I might still be able to function somewhat, but I'm just, I know I'm not going to be okay unless I do all the things I need to do. So step three is saying my recovery comes first and I'm going to do whatever it takes to recover. Um, step four and five are pretty self-explanatory um, as far as the inventory. And step six is... <sighs> Again, it's kind of, you know, like step three for me. It's like, okay, I see the way I act out these things and I'm going to work on it. You know, I don't believe that a higher power removes my character de defects, but I think I see things that aren't working for me in my life and there's things I can do about that. Um, so whether that's talking to people on the phone before I make a decision or before I act on something, um, my husband and I are a really big fan of redos. So when we behave in a certain way and I'm like, Hey, you know, when you do this, this is the story I tell myself. And he's like, well, this is the story I'm telling myself. And then we say, well, let's retry, like, let's redo this. And we redo our interactions with each other. And a lot of that is like what I do in this program. I behave one way through impulse. And then I talk to people and I journal and I come to meetings and I think about it. And then I go back and I'm like, wait a second, I can do better or I can do different. Um, and so that's kind of what step six is. It's trying something new. Um, step, well, I guess that's step six and seven. Steps eight and nine, making amends. Um, you know, again, that's self-explanatory, except for me, it's really about living amends. Um, it's really about showing up in the way that I want to for people. Um, and I think that that's what's most important to me and, and not causing harm in the first place. 
Um, and then of course, when I do, being able to, to own that. Um, sub 10, I think that's continued to take personal inventory. Um, you know, that's kind of what recovery is. It's being aware of our behavior on the world. Um, 11 sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God. Um, that's a, I mean, that one, I guess I, I, I do meditate. Um, and that really helps me to pause during the day when I, when I do have a craving or I am like acting out in some way, it gives me that pause. Um, but I don't, it's really my relationships with people. Um, it's really deepening my connection to the fellowship that, that I think of sub 11 as, um, it's making phone calls every day. It's answering phone calls when people call me, it's coming to meetings, it's speaking despite the fact that I have a lot of anxiety and this is really uncomfortable and awful for me. And I'm probably going to have a shame hangover for the next three days. Um, but I do it because I allow myself to be seen. Um, and I, and I see you guys when you speak. Um, and then, you know, step 12 is something that I've been thinking a lot about lately because another way that addiction shows up in my life is rage. I'm just like really fucking pissed off and I want to take it out on the world. And I've really been struggling with that lately. And a lot of times I hear people in, in the meeting, you know, talk about putting out chairs or, you know, little ways of being in service, but really my life has to be about service. And I have to show up for all the things that don't feel good um, in our society, which is a lot. But if I don't take action to change the things that I can, um, not just in terms of my addiction, but in terms of other areas of my life, it drives me back to food and it drives me back to these other things and I'm not okay. Um, so just as integral to coming to meetings and being of service is being of service in other areas of my life. Um, and it's interesting because it keeps changing what I need. So when I first came back to OA, my food plan was like, I didn't eat my trigger foods, which like, you know, it was desserts and chips and macaroni and cheese and pizza. And like, that was good for a little while and it was no binging. But then as I grew spiritually, like that wasn't enough. Um, and so I finally got to the point where I was uncomfortable enough that I cut out all sugar and all flour. Um, and I started dedicating my food and that felt better. Um, and so I'm sure that's going to change again in the future. So it's interesting to observe the way that things that felt okay two months ago, six months ago, a year ago, stop feeling okay as I get more in tune and living in alignment with my life, with my values and how I want to. Um, and yeah, I guess that's, I mean, I think those are the main things I want to say. Um, I think I'm right at 20 minutes too. So yeah, thanks for listening to me share and I'm glad to be here with you tonight.